Welcome to the Plan C Podcast. G'day, hello and welcome to this episode. I'm Dave Lesler. And I'm Neil Gibb. And today we're going to be talking to Tilly Peel. But before I speak to Tilly, it's probably worth setting a little bit of context that we're in November 2020 uh, into the UK in the second lockdown. And the reason I said that is because at the start of 2020, the retail industry was already in quite a lot of trouble. There was an awful lot of headlines about crisis on the high street. Then, of course, the first lockdown came along and that had a huge impact. And now the second lockdown's come along and we're seeing a lot of large retailers, you know, laying people off and and, and, and closing stores. So, you know, the, the story's gloomy, but Tilly's got a very different story. Uh, she's a founder of Pop-Up Club. And if you look at the Pop-Up Club um, website on the first page, it says, this is the future of retailing. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about. So uh, welcome, Tilly. And can you tell us a little bit about what Pop-Up Club is? Hi, guys. Yeah, so the Pop-Up Club is a platform where we provide, uh, we work with landlords, local authorities, and we provide affordable um, and low-risk retail opportunities for uh, small businesses, makers, and artists. And and you obviously, you've started in, well, obviously, I, I know that you started in Chelmsford. You've extended into Brighton and, and London now. Um, what's, what's, what is different? Because, I mean, obviously, there's lots of people trying to figure out what to do on the high street. You're doing something right. What 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 are you doing differently? So, um, I mean, I mean, currently in retail, how it works is that you kind of go through a commercial estate agent. You'd look at a property. You'd have to kind of fork out um, hundreds upon thousands, maybe pounds on long leases, um, the the deposits, the fit out, the marketing costs, and you know everything that comes along with it, which is you know a hefty investment for for a lot of businesses, um, big and small. Um, how we flip it on its head is that we basically work with uh, yeah landlords that have empty buildings, which are of the many on chump, uh, on UK high streets at the moment, um, and we kind of take the risk out. Um, we provide, provide uh, all the fit out. We um, have short kind of low risk contracts um and just really make it kind of affordable for small brands to test out the retail market to grow and develop their businesses so obviously the name in terms of what you're doing is um you know the name of it kind of gives it away right you're popping up but it's not yeah. just that you're popping up a store obviously the actual the actual store the actual experience the proposition if you like is very different as well so can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so um we find uh, properties and we kind of, yeah, go in um, normally on very short notice um, <laughs> in a couple of weeks, kind of build a shop. Um, and and then we do it, fun. well, we've, we've been doing it for six weeks normally um, over lockdown. Uh, the first lockdown back in March, we opened up um, a six-week pop-up, which actually closed after a week. Um, and then we've now... We reopened in July and managed to extend up to six months, but we're now closed again. So <laughs> that's kind of the story of that one. And Tilly, so the, the, the vendors that you're representing uh, within your pop-up store are, are quite vast and various, I assume. Yeah, so we have um, different kind of artists, artisan makers, um our, our kind of our criteria is that it's handmade or sourced ethically um so again we're bringing sustainability into 
the really core of what we do as well um and to try and make that really um accessible on the high street which at the moment um it isn't so you know obviously from a landlord point of view it's great you're offering us a low risk um uh, solution to 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 a problem of an empty store that's all good but that still doesn't mean that people are going to come you know obviously there's this whole crisis on the high street where there's not so many shoppers there's not so many people um buying stuff so there's obviously something about what's in the store that makes it different so what do you think's different about what you're doing that's making the pop-up club so attractive because there's a lot of people walking through your doors i've seen that yeah um I think it's just the feel of a place um, where we're like really connect. It's, you know, it's very community driven. Um, we work with like local artists and, and the, I don't know, it feels, it gives people like a feeling of belonging. It's, it's, it's something that belongs to the cities that we're in. Um, I think, I think that's partly to do with it. I think the feel of what we do, how we merchandise things as well, visually and kind of really just use the spaces really creatively. Um, I think that is part of something as well, which I don't think there's really a, a name or a, a, a kind of, um, what's the word? Something, yeah, is, that you can't box that up almost, can you? Um, that's something that just comes with bringing different people together who have different kind of ideas well i I think you it's interesting you should always box up because there is a increasingly or certainly until recently there was a real sort of flat pack feel to a lot of um high streets like you know you rolled out the latest franchise and you put up the you know the the facade and it, it, it looked the same so obviously what you're doing um is very very different um you tell us a little bit about um you know, the deal, if you like. So I, I think of you as being like a little mini mini market or a mini department store uh, almost. I mean, what, what are you offering to all those people that actually put your stuff in there? Um, yeah, so we, I mean, literally, every, we kind of offer so many different things. At the moment, we have 50 in our in our Chelmsford, our kind of, um, our, I'd like to say our like leading kind of pop-up. Um, that or our flagship, should I say, our flagship pop-up, that we have uh, 50 small businesses in there at the moment. And we have everything from like candles to crocheted items, handmade clothes, um, just such a wide variety of different things. Um, yeah, all very different. One, again, one of our criteria things is, is uniqueness as well, like really kind of original designs as well, I think we find. So I've heard this word curated before, and it sounds like that's what you do. I mean, the, the, obviously, the, the, the people, the vendors themselves aren't there. So in that respect, it's not like a market where there'd be, there'd be a market store. So you've got their products, and, and they all look great and beautiful. So do people, like, apply, and you decide that that's, you like that one and you don't like that one kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So we have applications that go through our social media, our website, and then we kind of work our way through and choose – what would work what we think would work really well sometimes it's just you just never know and you pick something that you think oh that's lovely um and it will just fly out sometimes you think something it's it's a really good I mean what's so great about it because it's say someone's in there for four weeks um they have four weeks of testing ground um and that's to test kind of any product that they have to see what works and what doesn't work. And it's, um, yeah, it's great for, for testing products. Tali, this uh, it's all sounds so cool what you're doing. 
but I've sensed that behind it there's been a bit of a journey because what you're really talking about is as a community, you have this community of of small businesses and, and artists and craftspeople that are, that are that are making all this stuff and using you as a as a mechanism to to get it out into the kind of public that doesn't just happen overnight so i'm kind of really interested in the journey that's got you to where you are yeah so um i started off as a market trader myself um and having a small business i sold uh, vintage clothing so it started off with me kind of really actually just dreaming of having my own shop um, and realizing that the costs involved was actually really unrealistic um, to be able to to do by myself. So I then ended up kind of running a market and um, kind of I've, I've spent four years of really kind of researching and learning as I go and just by trialing different ideas that I've had and some not working and some working um I've tried so many different things probably over the last four years it's been yeah a, a kind of a, yeah four years of craziness I suppose um and just to get to this stage to find a model and to find something that actually really works um that works not just for me um and convincingly actually turn out that I I end up being better at running and organizing events um, than what I was uh, kind of running my own vintage clothing uh, brand. Um, it it kind of, I, I end up helping other people who are like myself actually develop their businesses. And I think as soon as I realized that I could do that, um, kind of just went with it and was like let's let's try it um and it's kind of the only sometimes especially at the moment the only thing that does actually keep you going is like people saying that you've actually helped them um yeah especially during these times well we we have a our strategy if you like for choosing people for this podcast is we choose people we like and we think are cool you know that's kind of how it works <laughs> so so you know how we came to you is uh, i i i came across what you were doing in chelmsford and i thought wow that's really cool and um i um I haven't checked this out with you but but i i thought one of the things that made your um store interesting was i use this phrase not on the internet you know, it's something that wasn't on other high streets and, and a lot of the stuff, maybe all of the stuff, wasn't readily available on the internet, which made it worthwhile going in. Um, so that said, you know, um, we do live in a digital age. I mean, do you sell online or what? Do, how do you use digital to actually augment what you're doing? I think, I mean, we all know that online retail is like booming at the, like, and has been, and, and especially at the moment as well. Um, but I think the high, like our high streets is a real kind of national problem um and i mean they it's a crisis as well and they are crying out for like physical experiences as well and i think that's like there's a lot to be said for that and increasing footfall and kind of really building them as community hubs for the future is is just you know as vital as you know as as online as well it's you know it goes hand in hand I think um I mean at the moment where we've had to shut our doors for the for the second lockdown um we've built a online directory um where you can find all of our traders that would have been in our Brighton um and chunks would pop up um you could you, you can find them online at the moment for a directory and and to be honest I've I've 
that that's a bit of a learning curve as well. I, I'm really for in in person experiences, but actually having something like that where people can. Um, so we're exploring lots of ideas on what we can do for the future as well, and how we can kind of bridge the two together um, to have something there for for both as well. So you might not be selling online, but you are very good at, you know, what Michael marketing online. I don't know if you think of it like that, but, you know, what I follow you, um, you know, I don't live in Chelmsford. Um, I, I'm not close to any of your stores, but I follow you on social media, particularly on Instagram. Is that, do you have a strategy or is that just something you are, do instinctively, if you like? <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I wish I had a strategy. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, again, that's one of the things over like four, I mean, um, on my social media, I've, I've been working. But when I before I had, when I had the bearded gypsy vintage as well, um, just kind of working on that. I think that's like a massive learning cro- like learning curve. I remember kind of like Instagram first coming about and kind of really not being a person that actually had their phone on them that much at all. So to kind of like grow into that person that actually has now my life is on my phone really um I think that's just a massive learning curve and kind of learning how to deal with that um but now as this year has grown I now have someone who actually helps me um with social media part-time and to actually have someone else who kind of takes over some of the responsibility but I can put my ideas into and we can sit there for like right what are we posting every day for the month what have we got coming up um actually is done wonders for how I kind of look at social media as well and I think that's really helped me look at it in a different way as well and I think if you can outsource certain things that you don't feel as comfortable in um, and find someone who is very comfortable in and loves doing it um, then I think that's probably another that's maybe an insight I think that (laughs) that that I've learned along the way. Well, it's a good insight, but I've found, um, you know, there's a lot of um, people doing social media badly, and uh, there's a lot of social companies that sort of, you know, offer social media services, and, um, you know, I, I haven't been that impressed by what, what I've seen, and the, 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 the social media I like best is often very personal, it's, it's done by the person, it's very authentic, so it sounds like you're managing to use, outsource it, but you haven't lost your authenticity, I mean, is there, is there anything you can tell us about how you managed to do that? Yeah, um, I think, again, like early days, it was just me. So it kind of, it it comes through from, I think I think that's a, a very, again, another a lesson learned. I think just being yourself on air and just say, talking about the things that you care about, I think that, that, that goes a lot, you know, it goes a long way as well. Um, and, but yeah, I think... I think if I felt a bit more, it's not, I wouldn't say it's one of my strongest points, but I think just being yourself on it um, is, is just something that comes within time and, or just viewing it as like, this is, you know, this is what you have to do to get somewhere as well. Um, I think that's, yeah, probably what I've done. And because Tilly, you know, you're representing obviously with a pop-up store, it's not just yourself. There's a whole bunch of, yeah people behind you that you're kind of representing do you find that they actually help and support you within that social media space yeah massively yeah again like just 
over the years of just having like a, just the small business community in general. And I think we've learned that massively this year of all years as well um, as a real high and positives that to come out of lockdown. Um, yeah, the small business community is so strong and so resilient and just really incredible actually um i think it's i think it's like moved a lot of people i think to see how people have come together and supported small businesses and how it's really kind of campaigned this year as well i mean it's just kind of yeah incredible there's a couple of uh words that stood out to me and, and we are the plan C podcast. So we do like the old C word and, you know, campaign and community stood out for me within <laughs> that. And that, you know, because that's what it is all about. It, certainly this year has, has disrupted normal things pretty drastically, you know, particularly in the UK with lockdowns and, uh, and those kind of things. Um, but there has been this movement, if you like, um, almost nationalistic all around the world everybody is now looking at you know their immediate five kilometers if you like or their five miles their town their village we're locked down we've got to stay in here how do we support each other how do we become that community again um so i think you know you're really leading the charge in, in some of that and what you're doing yeah no i think and I, like yeah like you say this year has, has brought that more into into play than than any year before i think we'll definitely see an increase of people wanting to support small and local um for 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 what they've done as well we've seen so many local restaurants like grocers and just local businesses kind of support i mean in um i can speak from chumpsford like local restaurants feeding the nhs um you know while they were working all sorts of hours and you know and 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 children as well um providing them with meals um when we've just seen in half term when our government uh didn't um so it's just you know really like people have been stepping up and i think that people will note like notice that and and support them so you sound like this little sort of like almost like a little love bomb that you can drop into a town centre. You know, if there's a town centre that's struggling, has got an empty property, you drop in a pop-up club, you pop up. And, you know, what you're saying is you don't just bring you, you bring a community. And then that community obviously has their own community. I can really kind of see how that works. Um, are there, from your experience, um, good, better places and less good places to, to do what you're doing? Um. Uh, that's I mean I, d- I don't think so I think I mean we've we've got so empty shops I mean they're in in high streets now it's one there's one eight like one out of eight shops even um are empty or boarded up um if we start like and we're going to see like that's now post-covid we're going to probably see that go up even more um and what that does is in consumers it's just negatively kind of what's the word um it just is negative it's just negative on communicate communities and consumers it doesn't put any kind of confidence in in them um and i think just by having things there that builds people's confidence is you know all way all the way round um is going to benefit the area as well um whether you use it for yeah community spaces pop-up spaces artists you know there's so there's there's so many things that you can do 
with spaces um and i'd like to see that happening um so we can just start yeah building more community driven high streets that's what i'd like to see so it really doesn't matter where you go as long as there's an empty property and then it sounds like there's empty properties everywhere. So the future is bright for the pop-up club. <laughs> I mean, it answers, uh, I think it answers lots of problems, yeah. And and what happens in, I mean, what happens then if you have a, like a pop-up shop there for X amount of time, um, if you're building footfall to that area and you're increasing consumers' confidence, you're then benefiting all the landlords and the properties around you as well so it's a knock-on effect that you know you have like this circle once you increase footfall you improve and then improve the area make people feel better and then people actually want to invest into that area as well um and you'll start to see like a yeah like a knock-on domino effect which is is literally only good like there's there's nothing negative that comes out of that I've been hearing this term circular economy used a lot and uh, you sound like an example of that. You know, you, you, it's it's a sort of circle of you do this and that brings people in, that brings money in and that brings confidence and so the circle kind of goes around. So. Yeah, creates jobs. I mean, it's just kind of endless really. And there's obviously something, and it's not just in the UK, this is all over all over the world I think right now within high streets that that's um, and the and he, since e-commerce has come along, maybe that was a disruptor that moved people away from going down the high street. But it seems to me there's something fundamentally as well with the mo- business models that we previously had in high streets that's not working anymore. Um, what what do you really see as a need that could, could impact pop-up clubs and, and generate a you know, whole movement around that to, to get people back into the high streets what needs to change from a you know, local government perspective uh, a landlord perspective you know, what, yeah what, i mean what at, at the moment there isn't there currently in like there isn't anyone who works with both kind of apart from like commercial estate agents and they, there's not really a connector um for empty units as well um that work yeah that work basically with down on the community at grass kind of grassroots um and local authorities and landlords and that can connect people without it being kind of yeah commercial landlords uh, commercial estate agents um and i think that that's something that i think needs to change i think having um more enterprises that yeah are working on the ground that can connect people um and having something that kind of yeah links it all in um also like i think business rates um there's this statistic that's like i think you pay 10 times the amount of business rates on a high street property than what you would in a warehouse um which is why so many companies are moved online they have warehouses um because you know the football isn't there on high streets anymore it doesn't make doesn't make business sense for them or financial sense than to be on a high street shop when they're paying like extortionate business rates compared to a a warehouse um so i think that's like the whole the whole business rates model and that's super outdated it just doesn't work for the high streets anymore so yeah i mean with with covid i'd hope um and the kind of the increase in empty shops that we will see um hopefully that the the government will reassess 
um, rates, I'd like to see that happen. So something I'm really interested in uh, is, you know, you sort of talked about you know, that. So if we can imagine a situation where um, empty properties were managed more better and you could get into them, uh, there's still kind of like how do you what do you do in the empty property? And obviously, obviously a, a key thing is you need to go in quick, you need to fit it out quick, you need to be able to get out quick. Now, something that's often struck me about what happens with the franchise is you, you sort of see a franchise might have two or three stores and they're really nice. And then as they roll them out, they've clearly sort of done this sort of flat pack kind of thing where they put the same fixtures and fittings in. And you go into some stores, it's like awkward. It just It's not sensitive to the building. It's, you know, it just doesn't feel great. Whereas, you, you know, you seem to be able to manage to create these really beautiful spaces really quickly. I mean, what, what's, your, what's your secret? <laughs> um, I have a really good carpenter that, <laughs> that goes with my ideas now. <laughs> I just go in with crazy ideas and then he builds it for me. Um, he's, um, I, I just kind of, the, the units that we have, the kind of market stores, and um, if you do check, like, check us out online, you'll see the photos um, or on our social media. The, the units that we have, they fold down literally to, to nothing um, and they can be put up within like 10 minutes. Um they're just a great bit bit of kit um and i kind of yeah i kind of like got like a bunch of kind of pin interest boards and put it together and was like what what's the best like how can we build how can we build shelves and units and shops make it feel almost market like um and be able to pack it down and everything easily um and we came up with these units and they're just like really great and i think they really do give off like a, a different feel i mean they're handmade and they just look they just look nice but the fact that there's like one stall or like one stall per couple of traders or like uh, shop vendors i think that's kind of unique as well because people can go to each kind of wooden stall and it's a different person or there's a different feel for each one um and again feedback from our customers they love that and that can change doesn't matter where you put it um as long as your your stock and your products are different and unique which you know they always are because they're made by different people who have different stories um it will forever be unique wherever it wherever it kind of pops up and just to kind of run towards the end of our uh, a lot of time we only have sort of half an hour for these things but uh, there's always so much and one thing that's just come into my head now is the Obviously, the the staff that you have in these in your pop up store, how connected are they to your vendors? Because they're obviously representing your vendors and uh, answering questions from consumers and that kind of stuff. I'm really interested around that. If you could just give us a bit of a hint for in a couple of minutes. Yeah. So um, I've this is my first year of hiring staff, um, which again has been a learning curve um, and felt very new and and again just like kind of scary to be like how what do I do when I'm not there? Um, this Christmas I was going to be in Brighton running the pop-up there um, and leave the Chelmsford one for the for the Chelmsford kind of team here. Um, I've been really lucky enough to find an assistant who is just a heaven sent and kind of we share all the same values um, and, and really lucky with staff as well that they've just, you know, really cared about it and um, they you know are, are creative themselves they you know are into um art or, or just very creative themselves which i think has definitely helped um i'd love to kind of see 
maybe some of our makers as well um, come in and take over some of the roles and see how it's run as well. Because um, I think that that would be like just a nice, it's, even when they come in to drop stock or something, if they're talking to customers and they're like, oh, you made this. And it's just like really um, like a nice surprise always. Um, and they can give the story. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see that. I think for the future, I'd like to see more, more things like that. But I think just kind of free, like people who are creative freelancers and um, again, the, the woman who I've hired for, uh, for Brighton, she's, she's an artist. So she just shares the values and just kind of, yeah, shares our values. I think it's a beautiful place to end actually. You know, it is about values, right? And shared values. I think that's what you're talking about. Um, unfortunately values doesn't begin with c dave so we'll have to try and find another word for it <laughs> <laughs> but, but thank you very much for coming and talking to us uh, there is probably one other word that begins with c in covent garden that we should probably talk about which we haven't because i believe that's kind of an opportunity that's uh that that opened up but got shut down with covid almost as fast yeah. as enterprise It'd be great to finish on perhaps a bit of a good news story or, you know, something that's quite exciting like that if you just give yeah. us a bit of a, a heads up on what's happening there. Yeah, so we're going to be at Seven Dials in um, in Co- just kind of a stone's throw away from Covent Garden. And, um, yeah, we'll be there every day all over Christmas with a, a Christmas market there. So that's going to be, yeah, dead exciting. So if people want to find you and they can get into London, you'll be in the middle of London, Seven Dials, you know, look it up on the map. Uh, but for everyone else, um, where is it best to find out more about you and follow you? Yeah, so it's www.popupclub.co and also um, on Instagram or social media at the club underscore. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tilly. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. Please leave us your comments and remember to subscribe to the Plan C podcast with Neil Gibb and Dave Lester.